week's voice party is brought to you by IOPvideo.com. We're all stuck inside and content is king right now. So if you want to create some content, have some video shot, advertise your small business, start a podcast, whatever, check out IOPvideo.com. We do it all and we will do it all for you. IOPvideo.com. We make things look pretty. We're not here to talk about this today. We're here to talk about your thing, dude. About your hobby. Oh, I didn't know where this conversation was going at first. I was taken aback. Ah, oh, you're not paying attention, fucker. Talk about his thing, and I was like, "Hold on, that wasn't on the bench." No, 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 no. Yeah, you, you, you have a fucking interesting hobby. What? Tell, tell us about that shit. You talking to me or Gasper or Bob? Yeah, talking to you, Phil. Oh well, shit. We're both collectors, don't forget. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. You're both. Okay, well, you yeah, that's a... Okay, that's what today's subject is about. I, you know what? Until we started this this thing, I didn't know you guys were both involved in that. Well, I kind of knew about Guess What, but I didn't really pay too much attention because we usually talk about comedy. But yeah. that's... I don't know. You know, I don't really know much about... I know that some... I mean, as far as collectors go, Toy Story 2, 40-year-old version... <laughs> That's what I know about collecting toys. I mean, I, I and I think it's time <laughs> we break down those negative stereotypes. I think it's time we. Yeah, no, they, yeah, that's 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 you know, right. That's usually what people think of when you think of like collecting that shit. Like that's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. That's what comes to mind. Yeah. No, there's always because uh, uh, I think you've seen pictures of like my action figure collection. So there's always you, this word. You gave us I, one. You gave us one for the for the coffee table. Yeah. So I so I just it's always uh, nervous when you like bring a girl home for the first time and you got to show her your room because yeah. it's either gonna go two ways. She's either oh my god and turn and run, or she's gonna go oh my god and get really giddy and start asking you questions and then yeah you know. You, so have you had? Have you had any weird uh, reactions from from guests looking at your stuff? Oh. AKA, AKA women. Well, uh, the first time, because I've known Teresa like for twenty three years or some shit. Wait, like that, right? so how long have you been doing this for? Uh, kind of my whole life. Oh like, wow! Since I was, like a lot of the stuff I have in my collection, I've had to but like you know, it gets it gets bigger every year. And so, uh, Teresa hadn't been by my place in a couple of years. I used to stay with uh, my dad. Now I'm not. She had seen how it was when I was like in college, but she hadn't seen it. And so she came over to my room and she felt a little overwhelmed because there's a lot, but it's all organized, all meticulous. I dust. I have a little paintbrush, a little soft brush, a paintbrush. I dust all the figures with because it gets all crushes and lifts and crannies. So everything's meticulous. It's just, it's kind of a lot. We, we've already talked about like when we get a place together, uh, me getting a separate man cave just so I can. You, that's the goal to get a separate man cave to fill all this shit. So you have a lot. You have a lot of stuff. I, I do. I do. I do. Because I, I mean, cause I'm sure Gasper will relate to this, but it's like, uh, I like a lot of things, and so the reason the reason I bring this up is because in the other episodes, in other episodes you brought up that you're not living at home right now, and if any listeners like putting two and two together, 
You have a lot of <laughs> you have a lot of important collectibles in your house that you're not tending to right now. I mean, I come through about once a week to check on them okay. and dust okay, stuff, okay, make okay. sure nothing's falling over. I'm not trying to get any of these Canadians that listen to any ideas. <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, we don't want to inspire somebody to like take those valuable items and eBay them in his absence. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, I even mentioned that. That's the first thing that came to my mind as a crook. As a crook. <laughs> so, so. So when my uh, when my baby mama when you know we were dating when she first uh, came into my room I wasn't even thinking you know, like I wasn't even self conscious about it I think at that point I had probably had like two girls look at maybe one I don't know not very many people quit, that quit had, lying. had girls quit lying. No, just kidding. <laughs> had, yeah, yeah every every weekend <laughs> no but um and so she comes in and she's like staring she's like oh wow and I was like I was like you know I put my, uh, yeah, I had my chin yeah, hell, like, hell yeah and then years later i asked her i was like hey so what was your reaction she was like she was like i didn't i didn't mind the 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 you know the amount of nerdum in in the room i just thought your stuff was super disorganized which is true i'm super disorganized in fact she she ended up helping me kind of make things look pretty you know what but What's uh the big difference though like look all right nerdy shit you know okay whatever like if i go to if I go to your place, if I go to your place and I see a bunch of like Spider-Man shit, all right, yeah, you're a big fan. But if I come to your place and you have hella mannequin heads, <laughs> and they're all they're all missing like they're oh. all missing like the right eye for some reason, you know, some weird shit like that. Then I think that's weird. I don't think like whenever I mean me personally, if you have hella like comic book stuff as a grown adult, I, I mean I don't see that as that weird. I don't know. I mean, you're collecting artwork. You're collecting literature. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, like <laughs> comic books. <laughs> you, have a, guess, you, have a chunk, you have a chunk of hair from all your friends. <laughs> that's, that's my thing. It's my stuff. Cause super organized. I think I showed you guys some pictures in the group chat. But, you know, so I have, like, my X-Men shelf. And I have, like, my DC shelf. And I have my Batman shelf. And I have my Superman shelf. And my Spawn shelf. And, like, everything has its place. Everything is all meticulous and organized and dusty, you know, because it is, in a way, it's kind of like art, you know? It's like some people spend $30 on a sign that says, look, laugh, love. I got some sweet mint-in-the-box Spawn figures on the wall. It's the same thing when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. And, you know, so, Phil, what... what no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I just pick it out of my ass. I was just going to ask... Uh... Um, what what do you collect? I might have asked that already. Anyway, tell us what I you collect. I collect action figures. Um, it's I'm sure you can relate to this. I a lot of, and so I can't collect everything I like because there's only so much room and there's only so much money. So I kind of have to draw a line on what I'm collecting and what I'm not. Doing. I mainly collect like Marvel figures, like Marvel Legends and uh, uh, Marvel Select. I collect uh, some DC stuff. Uh, is it safe to say that if you were a millionaire, you'd have a storage place just for that stuff? So, uh, uh, on Instagram, I, you know, I follow a bunch of other action figure collectors. And, like, I'm always, like, saving, mm -hmm. like, pictures of their setup. Because I'm like, oh, I could do that. I could do that. Like, I want to, like, I saw this mm -hmm. one person who had, like, a big, like, glass, like, cabinet almost like a big wide epoch it's all glass and led lights in there and he had all this stuff set up and i'm like oh that looks sick. i would love to do something like that. 
but yeah, so like there's a lot of things I like. Like I like Ghostbusters, but I can't I can't collect Ghostbusters. And I like wrestling, but I can't collect wrestling. And like I like Star Trek, but I can't really collect Star Trek. I like Star Wars, but I don't collect Star Wars because if if I collected everything I liked, there it would be endless. So I kind of have to draw a line. Okay, this is this is how deep I'm I'm at. I'm trying not to get too much deeper than this. How about you, Gasper? What do you collect? Uh, my biggest collection is the video games. The last time I counted, I think I had somewhere like 600 video games, which isn't like the biggest collection out there, but um, I, I have sold some stuff, so I, I don't know where I'm at. Um, I also collect video game consoles. I, um, and then I have a lot of soccer jerseys. Uh, well, whatever you know, space allows. Hey, I got a question for you as a father. Mm-hmm. When your kid fucks with your stuff, like I mean, does your kid get into your collectibles? Yeah. Like, are they work? Um, I, mean, so, I don't mean to, I don't mean to, I don't mean to ask for both of you guys, but what's what's the most valuable thing you both have? Like uh, ballpark, ballpark. Like is it hundred? No, not hundred thousands, but you know what I mean. Like so, uh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. So I have, I have like some Power Ranger stuff that is, is worth like a couple hundred bucks. I keep like mint in the box and things. I have a bunch of like older Spawn figures that go for like a hundred bucks, kind of fifty bucks on eBay because you know they haven't been made in twenty years. Um, yeah, wait. All right. So a lot of my my whole thing is I I collect what I like. I don't, I don't really collect stuff because I think it's valuable. I'm not one of those people who are like, oh, I should get two of them. This is going to be worth money in 20 years, and then I can make a profit. Because there's a difference between that yeah. and hoarding. I mean, there's a point where it comes, it comes yeah. to hoarding. I was reading. You know what I'm saying? I was reading the definition one time, and, and it said that hoarding collectors. Yeah, well, collectors. There's a, there's a um, there's an emotional attachment to your stuff, whereas hoarding, you keep something because you, think you might need it later, such as like out of anxiety. Like for example, an extra mattress, you know, like or like fucking twenty rolls of toilet, twenty packages of toilet paper. Yeah, <laughs> and pure, and pure yeah. yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I totally, like, I, I definitely get the emotional attachment thing. Like, um, I have two grams. I have one for IOP video, and then I have one just for my, my action figure collection. Uh, and on that one, I did like a little documentary about a year ago about my action figure collecting. And in there, I have a line of like, you know, these are these little plastic statues of all these things I love. So when I'm sitting there and I'm looking at my stuff, like, it's, there's, is this emotional tap? Like, Wait, you cut out, bro. Am I still here? You're cutting out. Yeah, you're I'm cutting out. Am I back now? Yeah, okay. I heard that clearly. Yeah, it was ahead of yeah. There we go. Put the phone on the charger. That's better. How about now? That sounds way better. Okay. Yeah, the phone was on the charger. So, but like, so okay. like I said, you know, I did a uh, um, the little documentary on my action figure addiction Instagram, and you know, I say in it that you know, these, you know, there are all these little plastic statues of these things that I love. So. You know, when I'm sitting in my room and I'm just staring at myself, a lot of times it's memories. It's like, oh, I remember when I had that as a kid. Oh, I remember when I got that. And a lot of times it's just like, that's a fucking sick Wolverine. <laughs> what made you give up your the one you gave me here? What made like 
you just have you have like little stragglers like that hanging around and you're so, like, ah, fuck it. So here's where uh, uh, I talk about the fig life. And I'm hanging out with, with Martin and my girlfriend a lot. Because the fig life can be a bit of a basket. Basically, um, to, to celebrate like the 80th anniversary of Marvel, Marvel Legends put out all these figures like, you know, classic Iron Man, classic Captain America, classic Thor, you know, all these classic, and they were fucking bad at They were like, most perfect representation you can get. But with Hasbro being a bit of a bastard sometimes, like uh, the Captain America was a Walmart exclusive, so you didn't really get it at Walmart. And the the Incredible Hulk, the best Hulk figure that's ever been made, uh, came in a two pack with first appearance Wolf Brain. You want that Hulk, I buy the two pack. And I already have uh, Brown costume Wolverine. I have Tiger Strike Wolverine. I have Weapon X Wolverine. So I didn't really need another Wolverine, but I had yeah. to buy it to get the Hulk figure. So that's why I was like, potatoes, hmm. the Wolverine. My question to you was I mean, I don't know if you answered the first question. <laughs> About the like as far as value, but I don't really. Yeah, I don't want you guys to get into it. But like, don't they put out hella new shit all the time? Like, are you just collecting what they have for the future, or are you collecting because you really like it? I, I, I cause that's a lot of that's a lot of fucking money. It dude. is. So like, I, I collect what I yeah. like. I'm not the type of person to go out and buy stuff because I'm like, oh, this is gonna be worth a lot of money someday. Like, if I like it, I'll buy it. You know what I mean? And like I yeah. can't collect everything because it would just be overwhelming. So I have to draw the line and be like, all right, no ghost look, I, I, War, just what I like. You you've you've been you've been in my place. I I, I like knives. Yeah. <laughs> I've got I get knives, like I have machetes and whatever. And like I, I'll I'll go to a store and then I look at Hello like, Oh my god, that looks awesome. And I wanna buy all of them. But you know, I don't know, I just Yeah. Like, are you trying? Are you trying to connect something and collect something in sequence, or are you just, um, just what you like? Because you know, like, oh, number two's coming out. You know, like, uh, I mean, it, is it like that? It depends. So, like, um, uh, you know, I'm sure it's different for video games. The guess will probably speak on a sec, but like with action figures, for example, like, okay, you have that Wolverine figure, right? It's a fucking figure. Mm-hmm. You're always posing around and playing with it and taking pictures of it, right? But imagine mm-hmm. how cool that Wolverine would be if you had. A saber tooth for him to fight, and then imagine ah, Cyclops to go next to him, and then a Psylocke, and a Rogue, and a Gambit, and a Jean Grey, and a Kitty, and a Thor, and a Beast, and a Deadpool, and a Cable, and a Colossus. It snowballs from there. Like the I've collected all of the '90s X-Men and various spin-off things. Yeah, so it's it's one of those things where like there is a lot of stuff coming out, and I. I can't yeah. collect it all because there's nothing to collect. So I just like, do you do you, do you collect the stuff that comes out from the real action live action movies? Um, some, some you know, stuff. I have an MCU shelf with like my my, my Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, figures, where I kind of cherry pick yeah. my favorite ones. I have like Winter Soldier, Iron Man, and I have like Homecoming Iron Man, and I have Infinity War, Thor. Mm. So I can like cherry pick like my favorite figures from all those people. Okay. But, but yeah, no. Going going back to how uh, uh, how you know these companies, which sometimes they'll milk you, sometimes they'll, they'll milk you. So you know, we, we talked about how like I had to buy that Wolverine to get the Hulk figure out, right? Yeah. Well, 
that happens all the time. Like in 2015, really? they made like a Jean Grey figure, but there weren't really any other X-Men figures, so there wasn't really a lot of nope. interest in it. But then over the years, they started making more, and so you get Rogue, and you get Cyclops, and you get Wolverine, and Colossus, and Shadowcat, and Psylocke, and then it's it grows and grows and grows, and now all of a sudden people are like, oh fuck, I need that Jean Grey. But it came out five years ago, and it's going for like 130 bucks mm. on eBay. Everybody wants it, and you can't get it anymore. So, Asbro, I think I think the end of last year, made a new Jean Grey figure. Even better than that one. But the only way to get it was in a three-pack with Cyclops and Wolverine. So you, most people probably already have Cyclops and Wolverine. Well, they've got to buy another one. Want to get this do you, do you go to the... Um, I used to... Like, oh, you're right. <laughs> um, so I... Gaspar sells at cons. Yeah. So, like, I, I yeah. used to go to, like, WonderCon when it was at the, the Sewing Center. <laughs> Hello? 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 What the there? Fuck? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Did you get my question about the cons and uh, yeah. yeah? So what I was saying is I used to. Uh, He's my son. Okay. Okay. Are you cutting out? Sorry. Yeah, we can't, can't hear you. That's so weird. Um, so weird. Yeah, I don't know why I'm cutting out. We were happy. Yeah, because this is your party. You're like yeah, hosting your shit from, from your phone, and like your phone's cutting out. That's so weird. Yeah, that is super weird. And uh, I think Joaquin, Joaquin, we lost him again, huh? Yeah, we gotta get him <laughs> off that metro. We gotta get him off metro BCS. Yeah. <laughs> or get him some Wi-Fi. That's what he needs. Are you on Wi-Fi? Is that what we can hear you? I'm on Wi-Fi. Oh, okay. That's fucking weird. But you were yeah. saying. You're getting into yes. like so buying, never selling, like and trading. It's it's buying, selling, and trading, right? That's that's like to get the good shit. Yeah, I mean, obvi obviously, fucking yeah. Unless you steal it, <laughs> I don't know. Why, I don't know why. I don't know why I said that. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there there is a lot. Like I remember when I would go to like you know WonderCon and stuff. There'd be really good stuff on the dealer's table where it's like either stuff you missed out on or stuff that was hard to find or. Stuff that's like the Japanese import that you can only get online, but then you got to pay import fees. So, you know, it's 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 different life. Okay. <clears throat> what about you, Gaspar? Um, I wanted to say, um, I actually just I was telling Phil <laughs> earlier that um, right before Sorry, this, the way you start off, what? it sounds like you're in court. First of all, I wanted to say. Sorry. Oh, okay. You like talking yeah, to your yeah, yeah. jury, um, motherfucker? I, st <laughs> I started to get rid of some things right before the pandemic got serious. And some of the things I actually the gave hell? them away. And I was like, oh, shit, like, this is actually kind of cool. Because, I, 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 you know, I, yeah. I never give shit away. And I was like, I think I want to do more of that. Um, I, I didn't want to say that I, I, I also, just like Phil, I do collect just, just what, I, what I like. But I do keep an eye on on what the market is doing because um you know i also don't have a lot of money in fact i have a, a very little money but what i have managed to do is i i make a little actually 
either break even or make a little bit of profit because um, I, I, you know, I, I try and find the best deals for things, but then mm, I flip okay. it. Um, and so, so whatever I get to keep, I, I usually I either break even or get out. They get value profit, actually. Previously owned, previously owned. Um, I guess. I yes. Not right. No. Um, well, no, actually, I wanted to add to what Phil was saying, you know, or what you both were saying is that most of the stuff that's being released, it's like it's so mass produced, but the hype that that's put on it is artificial. And so, yeah, a company is going to release a toy in limited quantities. And within a very short time, that price is going right. to shoot up. But these companies aren't stupid. Like if, if they see that they can make money yeah, on cut this, out, bro. this figure, they're going to reap. Gaspar? Who me? Yeah. Hello? Hello? I can, I can uh, hear you. I think it might just be you, Jay. Uh, I can hear you. Really? I can hear you. Oh, shoot. Okay, I can't hear I, I can't Oh, okay. Hear you Sorry. I just heard you a little bit right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, uh, so so uh, a company will reprint that figure Go ahead. Uh, knowing that they can make money off of it, and then all of, all of a sudden that figure. He's, he's been talking so, for a while, JD. Oh, fuck. I, I can't hear him at all. <laughs> keep I can hear everyone else. else. My bad. I can hear all you guys. Sorry. Um, so yeah, you got to be careful with, when when these companies uh, create our artificial, um, you know, scarcity. Uh, but if you're just getting what you want, then you don't. You never have to worry about that. But if you want to flip, then yeah, you yeah, because that's keep an eye on it. as far as like flipping goes. Like so, for example, like in the action figure world, um, there's a thing called there's a concept called the builder figure. You know, you get six figures in a wave. Each figure comes with a different piece. One's got an arm, one's got a leg, one's got a head. You buy all the figures, you put the pieces together and build a seventh figure, right? So a, a lot of times the build a figure is the, is the one that's like most sought after because it's like you may only want like one or two figures in a wave, but you kind of like to have that build a figure. So now you either got to buy four figures you don't want or you got to go on eBay and hunt down the arm and the leg and the head that you need. Paid 10 bucks just for an arm or a leg. So, people will flip all the figures and they'll sell them for 80 bucks, 120 bucks, depending on you know what it is. Um, and that's a whole thing right there. So, you put just pieces to build a figure, we did build the figures. And so, uh, you can kind of tell who's just trying to be a scalper and who's a, a legit collector because, like, um, lately Hasbro has been doing this thing where they're like re-releasing pictures that are like super high demand. So we had a we had a Spider-Man wave, I want to say it was 2018, and the builder figure was King. You know, but most of the figures in the wave I saw like Puma and uh Silver Sable and Mike Brunchel. And like all these people that like you know everybody wants that King So no, I can I can hear you. <laughs> but that Kingpin Builder figure, you know, is going for like crazy money on eBay. Uh, and then Hasbro just recently revealed that they're going to re-release that Kingpin Builder figure like by itself as a part of like the upcoming Spider-Man Vintage Wave. It's going to be like an online exclusive. It's for like thirty bucks. So there's all these people complaining like, oh my god, they're ripping us off, they're devaluing our stuff, blah 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 blah. But you can kind of tell those are the people who are just trying to flip stuff and make a profit and artificially jack up prices. Because in the fig 
big world, there's a big problem with like, scalpers. People will like get to Target right when they open yeah. and buy like every fucking figure that they can find and then go on eBay and sell it for twice the price. But since nobody can find it, they'll pay twice the price of this guy on eBay because he's a fucking asshole. You know what that's happening with a lot is uh, Nintendo yeah. Nintendo products right now because like everybody's at home and you know and, you know you have all these kids you can't send them to school and so people are, are I know my my uh, sister in law is trying to buy a Nintendo Switch and every time I see that that a store has them in stock they seem to sell out less than an hour and I'm pretty sure it's just like the toilet paper it's just a handful of people going buying it all up and then you see yeah. it on you know craigslist and and ebay i do want to cl um, clear up that i'm not yeah. a, a scalper to me like you know yes. scalper somebody who does that goes to the store buys up the entire stock and then no that's I actually, annoying. what i actually that's do like i buy uh, yeah. it is it is yeah yeah no i buy i buy mostly secondhand um do you ever, and then do you ever go to flip uh, it like that like comic book stores and and sometimes like in the little glass shelves they have some stuff that's kind of rare do you ever go into that to, to buy stuff for for yourself or to sell? I don't do stuff like that because okay. it's hard. Because some flip, of the stuff I've seen the, at like stand up comics in El Rito, I mean, it's stuff they all get from mm -hmm. the locals, and it's like rare stuff, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah. I really don't. See, yeah. where, where me and Gas are kind of different. I don't really sell a lot of stuff. Like, okay, really, when I sell stuff, it's when it's like uh, I need to make room. You know, like I just started collecting spawn figures. Well, I got to make room for these spawn figures. So I had to sell a bunch of Power Rangers stuff online. But, you know, I made like 200 bucks selling like four figures. So that's a score. And now I got room for the spawn figures. So I really only sell stuff when like, I need to make room. And I'm just like, all right, what can I part with? What am I not a person? Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Where do you like send this shit off to when you e eBay it? Like usually, it's going to like another country or what? Oh, okay, 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 okay. Because I think I, I mentioned to you, I have a friend who who sells Bay Area Bay Area like hip hop albums all over all over the country. Like like Tennessee, he sold some old E40 Be Legit albums and like for ridiculous amounts. Some, some of them. That are rare, you know, like some air under Nicotinas, he's selling them for like two hundred bucks to like the East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to get into uh into like um, old uh, power oh, power yeah. metal and uh, Iron Maiden Iron Maiden sometimes the the Yeah. Yeah, that, that genre. And sometimes the um the US release you can't the find Japanese it ones are rare. But you'll find Yeah. Yeah, you'll well, you'll you'll be able to find a Japanese version. I'm I'm also finding like Russian yeah. uh, versions. I know that the Japanese yeah. ones are super rare and super expensive for like uh, Kiss and uh, yeah, like old bands. Oh like, yeah, the Japanese and because the album cover and I think the album art is all different. So what it could be a whatever oh. album, but their Japanese release is different. So I know that shit sells for yeah. a lot. Like in Aliba, they take those up if you have them. Like they'll fucking they'll pay they'll cash you out because mm -hmm. they can sell them for like hundreds of dollars, dude. Yeah, even see, cassettes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, that's that's one thing with like everything going digital, with like streaming and everything now. It's it's kind of devalued physical media, you know, because it's like who buys DVDs anymore? You can just fucking stream it on Netflix or Disney Plus or whatever. You know, who buys CDs anymore? Your Spotify. So you know, there's yeah. a lot of people who you know 
don't even collect physical, don't even collect physical media because it's just it's cheaper and more convenient to stream it. It is, it that. is, but there's something that, like to be honest, man. Like there's, there's about holding a, a album for me, album like a whatever, like a CD. Or, yeah, it's something about me too. I mean, it's nice and digital. It's all available on your phone. I have fucking yeah. hundreds of songs digitally, but there's something about like the album cover and or the or the DVD and like just holding oh, it. I, and, like, I totally get that. We were. Uh, I don't think you were on the call yet, but we were talking <laughs> earlier about how uh, uh, you know, like, I still collect DVDs and Blu-rays because I'm the type of person who will listen to director's commentary or watch behind the scenes featurette, you know, who milk all this you know all this content dry and you can't do that when you're streaming yeah no yeah and like the bonus stuff you don't you can't get that on a fucking streaming yeah but you, you know i mean i don't know yeah so no, I mean, i'm noticing ahead. sorry go ahead jd so I, i'm noticing this trend right where like you have something when you're a child you love it and then maybe you throw it away or you move and you lose it but then when you get into your, your, your 20s and you have disposable income, the prices on that item that was popular, you know, 15, 25 years ago, seems to shoot up in price. And I know, you know, I, I know it's happened with like Nintendo and Super Nintendo where like these prices were crazy uh, this last decade. Um, and then now uh, video games from the 2000s are starting to shoot up where it's uh, prices from from Nintendo and Super Nintendo seem to be coming down. I've also heard that the same happened with uh, with Atari, with Beanie uh, Babies, with yeah, Star Wars you know figures. It's, it's nostalgia. People are big on nostalgia. Yeah. And so, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, for example, like Star Wars, but, you know, they're they're re-releasing and they're even making new like three and three quarter inch figures from the same scale as the original Star Wars figures from the eighties. You know, they even have like the retro card packaging on there and whatnot to make them look old. Um, Hasbro did that. They they just re they recreated the original real Ghostbuster figures, and those are starting to hit stores now. They like re, re released the, the real Ghostbuster figures. So nostalgia is super good. People are just big on like their childhood and be like, oh, I had that when I was a kid. Oh, you know, and it's probably the emotional connection we were talking about earlier. You know, where it's just like, oh my god, I had this when I was a kid, yeah. and you get all you get flooded with all these memories, and so you know, you want to have this thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I wonder, like, what's going to be valuable in twenty years that we take for granted today? Because, like, I figure, like, for example, Funko Pops, like. <laughs> Everybody's speculating in the future, on Funko It's gonna Pops. be memes, <laughs> fucking memes. <laughs> I know, right? I, I, like, I'm not really into uh, Funko Pops. Um, it's just it's not for me. Although I, I did see a guy yeah. on the other day where I'm like, uh, I think it's almost like the Beanie Baby thing. Like remember when Beanie Babies were like all the rage and everybody was fucking Beanie Babies. Every store yeah. had Beanie Babies. I remember, I remember in uh, yeah. when I was growing up, it, uh, the homies were popular. Yeah, the homies. And I, yeah. I just realized those are actually created by somebody in Richmond, California. Not like I thought they were from East LA. They're from 
the, the dude that created them was from the Bay Area. I thought they were. <laughs> now that you men- now that you mentioned that, I wouldn't be surprised if some of those they have, have uh, become like, valuable. Re- extreme, yeah. You could yeah? look it up. Like they're some of them, like they're collectors. Of the, uh, now they're quite valuable, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna raid my brother's closet and like. Yeah, yeah, see, it's it's kind of hard to kind of tell like when things are gonna get, you know, what's gonna be valuable and what's not. Like in the '90s, we had like the speculator boom, where that was like I think one of the first times that like, you know, I think it was like a copy like Action Comic number one or something sold for like a seven digit figure. Right? And it was like, oh shit, these things are popular. And so yeah. Like, matching up like mm-hmm. seven, eight, nine copies of Death of Superman. And, Batman yeah. Nightfall and X-Men number one, but it wasn't really X-Men number one, it was just a relaunch when Chris Claremont left and he was Chris Claremont took over before he left. So, you know, and it was like artificially inflating the value of all these comics. People were buying them up. They were, oh, this I, I gotta ask you, comic. Phil, real quick. I just want to ask you, because I know you're older than me, well, all of you guys, but remember Pogs? I thought those were going to be fucking, yeah. I thought those were going to be like I don't know. I mean, maybe you know better than yeah. me. I thought those were going to be like collector's edition. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think they were at some point, but that bubble. Uh, well, yeah. Although, remember, well, I was just, I was just in Target, and they had like pogs now. They're like selling pogs at Target now, like the pogs. So you know, it's definitely a thousand. The pogs. Yeah. Well, they were, the were they? I, I only remember them like not that well. But I remember, well, they're paper or carton, right? <laughs> like, yeah, they were basically like little cardboard discs. Sometimes they were called milk caps because yeah. they looked like the things that would go in the cap to your jug of milk. And you know, they had cool shit printed on them, like Spider-Man and Power Rangers. And you would stack them up and hit them with a heavier pog called a slammer, usually yeah. made out of metal, plastic yeah. if you were poor. And you would hit the thing, and they'd flip over, and that was the game. I used to have all the Mortal Kombat characters. Yeah. I, I had a bunch of characters. Yeah. They used to be... There used to be this uh, a Mexican what? version of Pogs and the, the, the little... I, the, yeah, it, you, you never it, uh, heard of them? The no, I Tassos? don't remember those. The Tassos. Yeah, they were, they were a little bit better. Actually, they were better built than the Pogs because the Pogs were cardboard. But I bet those must have gone like stupid expensive because most people would have thrown them out like, i don't think anybody in mexico was see, like you know well that's, putting that's them in the shells. thing is like um with the whole speculator boom we were talking about with comic books in the 90s like what people weren't realizing is yeah. you know uh action comics isn't super bad. number one isn't super valuable they are you said there aren't. I'm having a hard, a hard time hearing you, Phil. Okay, how about now? Can you guys hear me yeah. now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I was saying, like, yeah. you know, what people realized is, you know, those things weren't valuable because they had a number one on them. They were valuable because it was the 1930s, and most people just threw them out. Nobody thought I should hang on to this. It's yeah. From then, and so they're worth money because they're rare. You, like, there's you, not a lot of them left because most people mm-hmm. threw them out. Not to mention the great comic book burnings that happened after uh, Frederick Wortham put out that, that book, Seduction of the Innocent, claiming yeah. that comic books were corrupting children. Yeah. Um, and then, huh? When was that? That was like, 
when was that? Late forties, early fifties, and and yeah, that's, that's what led to the, the comic code being introduced. To give you some context here, um, post World War II, superhero comics fell out of favor, right? Because a lot of the GIs overseas during World War II were reading superhero comics pretty heavily, along with children too, and then when they came back. Um, you know, people just sort of didn't have the desire to read superheroes anymore. So this shifted from superheroes to horror and crime and romance yeah. and westerns. And uh, the horror and the crime were ultra, ultra, like, violent. And you're talking about severed heads in the artwork and stuff. And so Frederick Wortham um, became alarmed and wrote... What year was that? Uh, what year was that? The, uh, I want to say it was like 1949, oh, late 40s, okay. early 50s, right? Okay. So he was basically like, yo, these comics are corrupting young people. And I think Superman may have been, like, Superman may have been the only superhero uh, at the time of the big of the big superheroes that, that kind of left out of that rather unscathed. Like, he even wrote about Batman. You know, he wrote about, like, I mean, granted the superheroes weren't being published like that after the war, but for the, for the main Trinity, he said that Batman and Robin were living a, a homosexuals yeah. dream. Cause they, that, they lived in a mansion to together. They at a Butler and, <laughs> and like people were getting together and burning the comics in mass. Like communities were having, I've seen the footage in comic book documentaries. They were, they were getting together and having like bonfires in the comic books for the fuel because they were just enraged. Our, our youth is turning to crime, and and it's because of these stupid comic books. And you know, they created the, um, the you know, the Congress actually investigated the matter, and the comic book industry to save itself created the the Comics Code um, Authority. Which basically meant that everything was super censored, that was and that's the, really what, that was like the comic books uh, parental advisory thing, right? Right, like right. Yeah, I remember that. And you couldn't talk about drugs. You couldn't talk about. Rape. You couldn't write in vampires, yeah. rape. Yeah. You know, um, nothing sexual because the idea was nothing, nothing sexual, nothing but yeah. too violent either. Yeah, like no, you couldn't have any severed heads or blood. You know, couldn't yeah. have couldn't have that going on. So, you know, um, that was pre Marvel, right? Like before Marvel. That, yeah, actually, yes, it was because was. Um, Marvel Marvel didn't really exist until the '60s. They used to be called Atlas Comics. Atlas Comics. There you go. I was trying to remember. Um, that. At one point, they and they went they went from being called Atlas Comics to National Comics, and then they ended up becoming. Um, Marvel comics in the sixties, but okay. but yeah, so a lot of these old comic books that are super super valuable now, as Phil pointed out, are rare for a bunch of reasons. They yeah, they got tossed, but some of them also got viciously burned because it was oh no, these are corrupting our young people. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah also, so, you know, like, like Action Comics number one is the debut of Superman. Who's this cultural icon? Oh, it wasn't. There was that's when he was bald, right? Or that that soft opening he had? No, no, that was that was Siegel and Schuster's original concept for the character, but that never really got published. Okay, okay, never mind. But like in the in the '90s, everybody's like, "Oh my God, Young Blood number one is going to be worth as much as Action Comics." And it's like, "Well, no, 
Superman is a cultural icon. Nobody gives a shit about young boys. Well, not just so. that, but but also you had the problem of uh, comic, comic book companies producing multiple covers of the same issue number one because they got yeah. they they, yeah. they realized that collectors were going to buy all six issues. So they not only did comic book companies put out variant covers for the first time ever in mass, but comic book brick and mortar stores were ordering extra copies for themselves, thinking that maybe they could get it on the speculator market. Yeah, um, I mean, look at look at like X Men number one, you know, the one from the nineties, and they put out like seven different versions of it because you know each one had like a different pairing of X Men and. If you put them all together, it would make that giant panorama with the X-Men squared off against Magneto. Yeah, there was all these gimmicks they would do, hollow foil covers and variants. You know, and people didn't know which one was going to be worth more and which one was going to be rarer, so they just bought them all. Better safe than sorry. So there's this, there's this thing. Oh, sorry, were you going to say something? Uh, oh, I, I, I was um, just going to say... Um, um, I was gonna go back to action figures for a second and just marvel at how <laughs> marvel, no pun intended, uh, and just marvel at how so many of the toys that you know, so many of the toy lines that came out when we were younger that are being redone now with more detail and everything. A lot of them were spawned from the idea of you know, of animated shows but then again the animated shows themselves were often designed to sell toys yeah. gi joe yeah you know ninja ninja well ninja turtles was a comic book first but ironically um they wanted the creators to sellable, huh? that's why they made it for kids you said well well here's yeah. the thing when when easton and laird created the turtles they specifically what they wanted to do a comic book and that parody the industry at the time so they took three like a handful of popular concepts of the 80s that were huge mutants teenagers uh ninja and samurai um and daredevil and they just kind of blended it all together yeah um there there was a um a comic book called ronin it was all about a samurai who who was from like i think the Edo period and he was somehow resurrected in, in like the future and it's very science fiction and it's very um and that's kind of that inspired them a little bit and then you know with, with the turtles you, you got their main enemy is a clan called the foot clan daredevil's main enemy is a clan called the hand yeah daredevil's mentor was a dude stick. named stick right the Ninja Turtles that. mentor was a rat named Splinter. Splinter. Yeah, so, yep, yep. you know, so, so, but, and then they were teenagers, much like, you know, the New Mutants at the time were very popular, which is like an X Men offshoot. Which the movie comes you know, there was, and, right. And, and so the idea was okay, they'll be teenagers and they'll be mutants yeah. and they'll be ninjas and they'll be turtles. All right, dope. And then, like, they took their concept to um, a toy company and they were like, we think that our comic book is selling so well um, that we are justified in believing that it would be worth making a toy. And so the toy company said, we usually don't make toys that don't have a cartoon show attached. So if you can get a cartoon show or even just like a cartoon special made somewhere, we'll produce your action figures. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> here's, here's what I think is, is kind of super interesting. It's like back, like you were saying, in the 80s, you know, uh, car, uh, cartoons and comics and action figures, you know, they were targeted at children. You know, that was like the target audience. But if you look at it now, comic books and action figures, they tend to be targeted more towards an older teenagers, young adults, people in the 30 like, that's who like these super detailed, highly articulated $30 a pop action figures are targeted at. You know, it's not the seven-year-old walking through Target with their mom, it's the collectors like me, it's the people like that, so, you know, it's people our age who are collecting this stuff for a number of years. And the same thing with comics, comics aren't really targeted at kids anymore, targeted at an older one. And it's true. I mean, I know that they'll they they still produce action figures for kids, and they still do make, yeah, they, and they still do make. But you know, the big push. The I think there's two reasons behind. There's always been, I think, for the longest time, an adult collectors market. You know, where there it seems to me that as long as there have been fans, like adult fans of things like Star Wars or X Men and what have you. Um, like, uh, what's the earliest Marvel line? You know, the, isn't the earliest Marvel line of figures one of the earliest ones? The uh, what's the name of the company that had the actual fabric on the action figures? What was that? What's the name of that the uh, toy company that had the actual fabric of the clothing of the action figures? Like, it's they're famous for doing that. Migo, you're talking yeah. about Migo. Yeah, now the X Men had, I mean, Marvel had Migo figures at one point, didn't they? Yep. And that was what year? What decade? That was like the 60s, 70s. Yeah, the 70s. I think, I think adult action figure collecting has been there all along, but it's just gotten so much better because they so, they realize that there's this, and it's grown. And I think that the reason yeah. that it's grown bigger than it has been before is because they have these brands that are nationally like internationally known um through the cartoons that um that push the brands um yeah. you know, they, these people that grew up watching yeah. this stuff have gotten older and we're still interested and they're like well it's a combination of nostalgia and good quality product and general fandom that has driven yeah. it toward an older market i think and Saturday mornings are dead. Yeah. You know. yeah, now it's all on YouTube. Big, I was gonna say, like a big a big turning point in that with the whole action figure demographic changing, um, is actually Todd McFarlane. I don't know if you guys realize this, but like Todd McFarlane has his own action figure his own company called McFarlane Toys that makes stuff. And mm-hmm. the way that came about is in the nineties when Spawn's popularity was super high. Mattel and all these other companies were coming to him and they wanted to make pawn toys. That's how popular the comic industry ever makes pawn toys. The pod was just like, well, Spawn's not really a children's comic. Uh, I don't really think it'd be appropriate to make toys about him. And he did an interview recently where he was talking about how, like, he like went to a Toys R Us and just wanted to see what was there for, like, his target audience, which is, like, 14 and up. And he found two things in the whole store for a 14-year-old. He found a bicycle, and he found a video game system. That was it. Those are the only things that a 14-year-old would want in the whole store. 
And so he had this idea. He's like, well, my comics are targeted for an older audience. Let me make toys for that older audience. And so you know, we got his own action figure company, Metallical, that were making the pawn toys. And they were geared more towards an older audience. And if you look, there are all these sick monsters and all this detail and all this elaborate paintwork. And they were more detailed and more elaborate than and that was kind of a real turning point where um, older kids, teenagers, started collecting small and stuff. Older people started getting into active figures. And then all these other companies had to kind of change their style and their direction to kind of keep up with the new direction. Because McFarlane, he was making toys not just for Spawn. He made Austin Powers toys. He did Kiss action figures. He did X-Files. He did his, his movie maniacs. He was doing monsters. He was doing Terminator. He did all these things. And they were all really detailed and really sick and really just something that would look really fucking cool on the shelf, even, even if you're a grown person. And so that was kind of the first real sign of the industry changing and heading in the direction it is now, where it's geared more towards adult collectors. And there's lines specifically focused for adult collectors. And that's the thing that always gets my goat, you know, because... The um, the action figures that they make for the adults are so awesome. And I look at the action figures that are meant for the kids, you know, that are sold to the kids in the toy aisle now. And I'm like, I saw some Transformers from one of the more recent uh, variations on the sh- on the concept, you know, not the movies, but like like one of the newer cartoons. And I was like, dang, these Transformers don't even transform. Their 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 limbs yeah, don't move. And I'm like, why are we? Why are y'all making this? Yeah, that would never fly. Well, so so one thing that's that's really cool that I really admire um, about uh, the way Todd McFarlane runs his company is that unlike Hasbro, Mattel, and Telemates and you know, all these other companies, McFarlane employees is a private company. It's not publicly owned, so he doesn't have any stockholders to answer to. And so he's even said in interviews like, "I can." I can beat these other companies at their own game because I can do everything they're doing, but I'm not a slave to the shareholders. You can just make the shit. And that kind of show is like, he has the DC license now. He's making those new DC figures. And they're really sick. And they're really detailed. And they're really elaborate. And they're the type of figures that, like, Mattel would never have made. You know, Mattel would have never made the Batman who laughs. They would never have made that armored Batman, that armored Superman. And if they did, they would have charged twice as much for it because it's it's so much bigger. But those figures are the same price as everything else, you know. And Todd even said in an interview, he was just like, "Do I make less money on these other figures than the other ones?" Yeah. Are they fucking cool? Hell yeah. So he's really just his focus is just making really cool stuff. And I, I appreciate that so much. Um, a good anecdote about this is, uh, you know, he. Got started making the spawn figures. And I think it was wave three or four, somewhere in there, but he made a figure of Malbolgia. And Malbolgia's like the big devil. He, you know, spawn made the deal with him. Al Simmons made the deal with him, became spawn. And in the comics, he's fucking giant. He, he was also in the movie, voiced by Frank Welker. And so he made this big, giant, 15 inch tall Malbolgia figure with all this detail and it looked all grotesque. It was fucking awesome. And then he squeezed it into the same box. All the other figures came in and sold it for the same price as all the other figures. 
And he was saying in this interview that his CFO, his chief financial officer, came to him and was like, you know you're going to lose money on this. It's going to cost us more money to make the figure than you're selling it for. And he was just like, well, tell you what, the money we're going to lose, just file that under advertising. These big companies spend millions of dollars a year on advertising just to get their name out. Just file it under advertising. Because he, he had this mindset where he was like, people are going to be in the store. Kids are going to be in the store. Teenagers, people are going to be in the store. They're going to see this cool figure. And they're going to be like, hold on. It's three times as big as all these other figures for the same price. Just the value alone is going to make people buy it. And it's fucking sick. And it looks cool. And it's getting his name out there. And once somebody has a malbolgia, they're going to want a spawn to go with it. They're going to want a violator, a vandalizer, a vertebraker. And one of their friends is going to come over and see and go, that's fucking cool. What is that? And then they're going to go out and start buying spawn figures. And so losing money on this one really sick action figure was worth it for him because not only does he have a cool toy, but it's getting his brand out there. It's getting his name out there. And it's basically doing the advertising for him. You know, you don't see a lot of commercials from the Chrome's products because he's kind of the philosophy like they're cool. They're going to sell based on the fact that they're fucking cool. You know, and I just, I love that mindset so much where he doesn't, he's not super obsessed with like profits. He's obsessed with making cool stuff. You know, uh, I don't know if you know, he just did a Kickstarter because he wanted to remake the first Spawn figure, the figure that started his company and with the updated detailing and sculpting and articulation. And so he was doing it on Kickstarter because it's just a one-off and retailers don't want one-offs. And so he didn't really have anywhere to sell it. It was just something he wanted to do for himself. And if you put it up on Kickstarter, he was asking a hundred thousand, and he met his goal in like twelve minutes, and it blew past to a million, two million. When the Kickstarter finished, he made three million dollars from people backing this figure. And what was awesome about Todd is, as they would cross each milestone, he would just add more free shit to the figure. That's dope. So he he upgraded the chains from rubber to steel. He gave you an extra head for every figure. He gave you, you know, necroplasm energy effects. He gave you different weapons. He, like, every time they would cross a new threshold, he'd be like, I'm going to just give you more free shit because this is fucking awesome. And, you know, so, he's definitely in a position yeah, where, story. you know, like the action figures aren't the only way that he, you know, he's got he's got another source of income in the comic book creation. Um, so he doesn't really need to sell the figure in order to, um, <clears throat> he doesn't really need to make a profit from the action figures. He can afford to like really give back and do something really cool and file it under advertising because he also has his, his writing and his comic book art, um, which is how he gets his bread and butter, you know. And I think it's really cool when someone's like, you know, I have enough and I can just file this under advertisement. I really want to share this cool thing with the world and, and get my name out there that way, you know. Uh-oh. Yeah, because that was one thing I, he, I, I've heard him say in interviews that like a lot of times, especially when he was just starting out, like a lot of the stuff he made was just because he's a collector himself. And he's like, I just want cool shit to put on my shelf. Nobody else is making it. So I'll just go out and make it. Has he had uh, any so copycats? There, there have been people who have gone in that direction because... Um, you know, he, he would do all this sculpted detail, all this elaborate paint work. He'd put real metal chains on some of the spawn figures. And now we have uh, companies like, you know, Diamond Select, who are doing the same kind of thing where it's more detailed sculpts, more elaborate paint. Um, 
giving you more stuff like diorama displays in the box. There's a lot of import companies now like SH Figuarts um, and Metacom who, are, who you know, are selling $80 fucking action figures with a million points of articulation and seven heads and 12 pairs of hands and all these weapons and whatnot. So the whole industry has kind of changed and gone in that direction where it's not just about like selling $5 action figures to little kids. It's let's make some cool action figures that we can sell to adults. And you really didn't see that before Todd McFarlane started doing that. Nice. Yeah. So I've hearing, hearing him talk like that, it's, it's just like, you know what? I've, I, I never want to take IOP to go public. I want to stay a private company so I can keep shit and not be a slave to investors. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with you on that, man. So, sorry about that. I mean, most movie so, studios are are you know so, so, they are private. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, like Warner Brothers and yeah, and Universal, and you know, I, I don't think any of them are are available on the stock market. I think Disney is yeah. the only one that I can think of at, at the moment that is public. Isn't Paramount? But they do so much more than films. You know, they've got their their theme parks. And, Isn't yeah. Paramount? Paramount? Yeah, well, because they're owned by Comcast. So I think they're. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I was. I was actually going to point to WWE because you know WWE was private and they didn't go public until 2000. And once they had like shareholders to answer to, then like. A lot of the raunchy, racy, extreme stuff they were talking about scaling back. And actually, they were going PG with more advertiser friendly. And kind of like everything they can like that's what, that's what I That's what I read an uh, article about. And they're owned by a cut, like, you know, they have a bunch of shareholders. I mean, you know, even they're, without they, the, well, they have to make like, I content. wouldn't have thought of them as a film studio, but they do, they do have, they do have films hurt. Are they still making movies? <laughs> WWE, they are, they, they are? yeah, they, 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 yeah, they, yeah, they do. yeah, they, yeah, they, they do, yeah, they do have a film. That, I often forget about. They them. have that Bruce. Yeah, them and Disney. I, I really, it's hard to think of them as a film company, but they, that is an aspect of what they. And I think even Vince McMahon had said, I think it was, um, in a documentary or something where he had said that what really what we do here is make movies beyond the mat. Um. You know, um, and I'm and I and I guess if you think about it, the way that the product is shot in comparison to like some of the indies out there, um, there's there's definitely a production quality. I guess you could make the argument that yeah, it's there's a cinematic aspect to watching world wrestling entertainment. Um, but yeah, so, I, I think. Hmm? I was gonna say, let me let me loop this back into to Gasper though. Like Gasper, what trend is the entertainment industry? Like, I'm not a hardcore gamer. Well, I I play occasionally. I got some early, you know, playing Spider-Man on the PS4 right now. But uh, you know, yeah. I, just as like an can you guys hear me? I've kind of noticed. Okay. Yeah, we can okay, cool. hear you. But like, I've I've kind of noticed that like. The video games have gone more to push DLC and microtransactions and, you know, season passes and just milking every dime out of their customers, which I'm not really a fan of. Like, what have you noticed in the video game industry as far as, like, collecting those and how they're doing that? 
Um, I didn't hear your complete question, but let me address the part that you said about uh, uh, DLC and that stuff. What I think is happening is that back in the, I know back in the 90s, video games used to cost, I think, $50. And then at some point they went up to 60 But the thing is, you go, you walk into Target or Walmart to buy a video game and it's still $60, except $60 in 1995 was more valuable than $60 in 2020, right? Um, and but the the cost of video game um, production has gone up, but the price of video games have actually gone down when you adjust for inflation. And so these companies are having to find creative ways to 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 recover that that um, that that money, right? And so I, I think that you know if if a video game came out. And it charged you eighty dollars for it. Most people, most people would probably boycott it. And so they have to do things like microtransactions and and things like that, and DLC. Um, so I, my guess is that they're not trying to rip off the the consumers. It's just that you know, like a, I don't know, a God of War or a Grand Theft Auto. Like those are really expensive to make, um, and you know, selling them at sixty dollars. I think you know. It doesn't so, make. The I, I don't remember exactly which was. I, I don't remember if it was Marvel versus Capcom three or Capcom versus SNK. It was one of those fighting games. Somebody had found out that like the, the paid DLC that was available was actually content that was already on the disc, and you were basically just paying to unlock it. And that I think was pretty shady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And occasionally these companies get caught with that. I think it was uh, maybe Tekken versus Street Fighter or something like that. Um, but yeah, what what was the? I was just asking like question? what trends you have noticed, the video game like changing trends that you've noticed, how it's affected you collecting ones. Man, um, the the one big one is that everybody's speculating, and so like you know, ever since since like the what was it, three sixty and PS three, you have a lot of people that will buy games and keep them sealed. Whereas that, I think that didn't used to happen. Uh, same thing where with just like the figures, the audience is getting older. You know, a lot of the game, the average gamers are, are in their like are basically our age. I, I think millennials were kind of the ones that are setting the pace for the for the hobby. Um, I did want to touch on on one thing. I think recently, you know, some kind of. Uh, Authority came out and said that uh, video game addiction is 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 a real thing, and so I kind of wanted to to hear what you thought if if there was if that was I mean I guess you can't you can't play with the toy for for forty a hundred hours the way you can with the video game, but uh, I guess that's one thing that's kind of happening with with our society is that people are kind of getting addicted to video games. I think the video game community doesn't is not ready to admit that it's an issue. But, but yeah, uh, yeah, that's something that's to watch out for. Mobile games, because you know, like mobile games. I can can't hear him that hear well either. Phil, am I the only one that can't hear him? Okay, I don't know what. I've on. been cutting out a lot, man. I'm, I'm becoming out. Joaquin today. <laughs> can you guys hear me? Okay, so I think yeah, I think it's most mobile games. Because mobile games are like this every dime out of you and so you know you're bored you're in line at the dmv you know you're at work and there's nothing to do so, you know you're playing you know whatever 
and they intentionally make it so hard that you can't you can't progress unless you pay money to unlock this thing or level up or whatever. And so once you that kind of get addicted further 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 I I didn't I didn't catch that. Hopefully, it'll it'll be in the recording. Talking about how Uh, they work. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. I would like to add I, to that and say oh, okay. that uh, anytime you have an activity that presents a, some sort of reward for your behavior, that releases dopamine in your brain, and um, it which which activates your sense of pleasure. You want to seek that pleasure over and over again. Not everybody is going to be. Um, you know, not everyone is going to fall into like complete addiction when they play games. And some people are more, it's, it's kind of like alcoholism. Like not everybody that drinks alcohol is going to become an alcoholic, but there's some people are just more susceptible to chasing that reward system than others. And some people are, are just, they're just less resistant to not doing it. So if there's the people playing video games and becoming addicted are probably the same kind of people that would get addicted to something else. But I probably would prefer that someone I knew was addicted to video games than a potentially damaging substance. You know what I mean? Because you're destroying your your liver, you're destroying your brain function, you're killing your brain cells if you consume too much of something. Um, but with video games, you're not really destroying anything. You're wasting your time. time. You're potentially <laughs> yeah. destroying your career or whatever else you have going on. But I'm not saying that video so games themselves are a waste of time. I'm just saying that like, once you get to the point where you're so addicted that you have to just be there. Heck, there's even research suggesting that cell phones are addicting. Apparently, the part of your brain that lights up um, when you're, they did a study on this a few years back. Uh, The part of the brain that lights up and is active when you're at a worship service or doing something devoutly religious is the same part that lights up when you interact with your smartphone. Now, I wonder, is that regardless of whether you're on social media question. or making um, um, texts? I'm not, I, I think it was just the idea of interacting with the smartphone at all. You know, and if you think about it, smartphones got everything. It's got your, yeah, your they, address book. It's got your your uh, you know your little black book where you have all your you know your girls that you talk to or your friends or whoever. You know, it's got your banking information. It's got you know the social media and your pictures. It's like a life inside of that thing. Um, so it makes sense that someone would feel. Mm-hmm a sense of reverence toward it because their whole life is in that, you know, uh, or a good chunk of their life is in that. Um, you can even read the Bible on it. You know, you can download the Bible and read it right on your smartphone. I, so oh yeah, I haven't, 
actually sat down and watched television like on a TV in my house in years because I'll just watch Netflix or Hulu or YouTube or something, you know, everything I, or the CW app, everything I need is on this app. I, you know, I, the only thing that I do, there's only two things I do entertainment, entertainment wise or study wise that don't, that, that don't necessarily that have nothing to do with this phone. I still have books that I'll pick up and read because I do prefer to have like a book in my hand and read it. Um, I haven't yet um, converted over to reading digital comics, although I'm tempted to subscribe to the Marvel All Access. Marvel has like a unlimited thing where they have like all their comics from the 60s on up um, available for you to read for subscription. It's something like $10 a month. Like I was tempted to do that, but I still like the feeling of having a comic book in my hand, of reading a novel in my hand. And then the other thing is actually going to the movies. Like, don't get me wrong. I'll watch the occasional movie on a streaming service, but I, I more or less use streaming services to watch series. Um, I, I prefer to go to the theater and watch a movie. It's a different, it's a different feel. Um, but yeah, it's stuff's addicting. And, you know, my goddaughter has a, you know, she's, she's got all the latest basketball, the NBA 2K20, 2K19, 2K18, what, you know, and I notice if I'm not mistaken on that game, you can buy your character stuff in game like shoes and, and stuff, but you're actually spending money, video game money that you purchase with real money. And I look at that and I'm like, you know, I don't want to be cynical and I don't want to throw shade on her fun or anything, but I was like, I, I mean, it's your money kiddo, but I wouldn't. <laughs> You know what I mean? I would not. No, not not on a not on a video game character. Not on a video game character that you're just going to end up trading for the next new game two years from now. Anyway, you know. Um, on the subject of downloaded characters, I yeah. I quit video. I quit playing newer games some years ago. Like the last game I had, the last console I had was a PlayStation Two. Um, and I, I was in between jobs at the time. I think it was, no, it was before I got my first job actually. And it was before I got financial aid. So this is like the summer, I think going into college and I sold it for sandwich money because I, I wanted to go eat somewhere with friends or something. So I went over to GameStop and then I sold it in the games and that was that. And I, I haven't replaced, and you know, um, I don't know. I have a little, um, handheld game i got on of wish right and it's chock full of old school 16-bit 8-bit games partially thanks to phil because he you know hooked me up with some interesting things and i've got like sonic the hedgehog and knuckles on there you know got street fighter 2 on there you know stuff like that um i want a pokemon game i want like one of the old school pokemon games at some point see if i can find that plug it on there like like yellow red or um or blue but um, but anyway, yeah, man, I mean, it, it, the downloadable character thing, I'm like, yo, when I pay for the game, I want the whole game. And I, and I get what you're saying about them trying to find some sort of clever workarounds, but that's just one of the reasons why I just don't really fool with video game collecting anymore. You know, that's why I haven't been a gamer in a long time. 
you know. I do think we're going to move on uh, to answer uh, Phil's question from earlier. I do think that we're going to move on to subscription-based. Uh, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of companies that are trying to do it. I think uh, Google Stadia um, is, is based uh, solely on subscription because um, I think that might be easier in some of these companies, like to just kind of get uh, – have money coming yeah, in every, every, every it month. Also, so. It cuts down on your right. cost because you're not having to mass produce all these – box art and ship mm -hmm. stuff out to retailers and deal with the retailers taking their cut you know you're basically just you know you're cutting out the marketing the, the, the manufacturing costs and then you're offsetting that also with then the steady income well the thing about digital is that i think it's it's viable here in the u.s but there's a lot of parts of the world that at the moment i think are i mean still have to um I, I can't remember which media. country it I mean, is. I guess it, it's somewhere we'll south of the border. It's either Central or South America. They're still making Sega Genesis games, like brand new ones out there. No, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Brazil, yeah. Sega Master you System. You know, they're still making Brazil. games for the Sega Master System in 2020, and it's yeah. like new titles coming out. And, you know, I think that's, that's so dope. And that is crazy. Honestly, um, you know, I'm such a nostalgia bug. There's some things that like the new advancement comes out for a form of entertainment and depending on how different it is, you know, I might just, I might just, you know, I don't know. Like I don't play the newer video games because it's all digital now and download. And there's something about, and the idea of subscription based video gaming, it just doesn't appeal to me. You know, there's something about, you know, the box art taking it home and the excitement of opening it up and sticking it into your device you know and there's something about that era and that, that i find charming and cool and interesting and just you know you know what i also miss going to the arcades man Oh hell yeah! Mm. I I missed I missed out on the arcades. I was too poor to go, and like we are we were actually going uh, a few years ago, right before I, I became a dad. Me, Carlos, and Chad, uh, some mutual friends for for listeners uh, who don't know us personally, we were going um, at least once a month to arcades, and it, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to do that. There was uh, there was one in I think Alameda. There was one at uh, SS there's State. There's a place so I that I want to go to. It's, it's called like High Scores. I think it's out in Alameda. Yeah, I think they've got more than one. I think there's like one in Hayward and one Alameda. But they've got mm -hmm. like a bunch of '90s, '80s cabinets, video game cabinets, you know. And I was like, oh man, I gotta I gotta go sometime. I think it's one of those like you donate to get in. I don't think it's tokens. I think you just pay a certain amount and you you, you mm -hmm. go in and you get to play. Um, dude, we should go. Yeah, we yeah, I think that's the one we field trip. Yeah, hell yeah, dude! I I loved it. I loved going there. They had some really cool games. A lot of Neo Geo, a lot of like Street Fighter, a lot of like '80s stuff. Some of the like, what do you uh, say, Phil? Like, I don't know vector uh, <laughs> graphics. I'm down. But um, but yeah, there's just you know, I mean. The other thing, too, moving everything digitally, the last thing I'm going to say about digital, moving everything digitally is you lose the sense of, um, I mean, it's all well and good if you're playing by yourself, 
Um, and I realized that online play has been a thing, you know, look at World of Warcraft, right? I mean, you know, but there's something about getting together with a group of people in the same room or even the same house. You know, you can have a setup to where there's a TV in one room yeah. and a TV in another room. And there's four people in each room, if need be, playing the same game of Halo or whatever. Yeah. There's something about... Yeah, yeah we used to do that in, in high school. We would have Halo LAN parties. We'd have, like, an Xbox downstairs and an Xbox upstairs. And network cables going all down the hallway and down the stairs and over the balcony. And, you know, we, we would play 8-player and 16-player, you know, system with multiple Yeah, and it's fun. There's a lot of fun. I had you guys yeah, over... Yeah. I had you guys yeah, over I remember my house playing, for that, no? Playing. See, that, kind of, that I think, oh, is, 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 it's more tangible than, like, playing online. Because when you're playing online, you know, it's all these faceless people who you might not know, or maybe you know, but it's different when you're sitting, like, next to the person. Yeah, and I, I miss those, because I, I know, yeah. I don't, I'm trying to remember, I, I think I joined in on the LAN parties with you guys, like, shortly after we graduated from high school. Yeah. Like, it was, it was... It was like maybe that yeah. that summer of '05, and and then early college. I want to say was when I when I you know when I started doing it, but it was a lot of fun, and you know the thrill of having people over and having co-op play or competitive play. It's just it's like what was it? Few few uh, like last year, me and Phil played NBA jams together. You know what I mean? We just went. Round for round, playing NBA jams. Yeah, even more recently than that, we were over. We were recording podcasts. We're playing NBA jams, and um, you know, it's and you missed it, Gaspar. Man, it, I can't remember who won out of him and Kevin, uh, Profit Right, but uh, um, yeah. but they they took each other. Played two the games. One at the beginning. One at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I think I won the first yeah. one. And he won the second. And you and I were close, real close. It was, this is fun, but yeah, there's yeah. it's video games See, are communal just as well as they are like you know past the stick as a thing and and you know I, the digital you kind of lose that and and I hope that there's still. I mean, what what, what I will say, you do gain a lot though, like with with those uh, with, with, you know, for example, like Spider Man. You know, I'm playing that. You know, there's no disc like it's downloaded. We're playing on the system. You know, you don't have to worry about like. Just getting scraps or games skipping. You don't have to blow on a cartridge to get the game to work. Someone kicks or game, you know, yeah, or game you, selling out. Someone kicks the system and the game freezes or disrupt starts to set in because your game is 15 years old. Like you don't have to worry about any of that. And what I'm, I'm that's why I like the the plug and play consoles, like the Genesis and the, the Super Nintendo ones they have, because you know I got, I got a case for them. Hacked them and do hella games in it, and then you see we just spend a whole day and we'll play like thirty games. We just jump one after another after another, and we'll just look at you know, great. Right here, so this this pros and I suspect that the Gen Zers aren't really going to care about uh, you know physical media or things like that. But um, there has been a trend where they're getting into vinyl collecting. Um, and so they do have some kind of they're, they're discovering this whole thing you know and they, i hear you, you see them talking about, like in forums and how like 
there these things are massive and you get to look at the artwork and things like that so so they are susceptible yeah. to these things yeah. that we're talking about you know what's, but for the most part what's interesting is like, you know, i run you know a, a photo and berkeley right i have a lot of people who will bring me vinyl and have me yes wow it's, it's the weirdest thing they go on just so they can put it on their phone and listen no, I didn't uh, catch can that. Can you guys hear me? I, I didn't catch that. Did you catch it? You no, said it was the weirdest oh, thing, God. and then you oh. kind of broke off. Do you guys hear me? Oh, I was going to say, because so what's happening is okay. yeah, no, I run that. Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. But, like, uh, you know, I run a photo and video lab, and I I have a lot of people who bring me vinyl and have me converted to MP3 form so they can listen to it on their phone. Oh. You, that's like yeah, that's, that's, that's like a side job, you know? job is, is running the photo and video line. Yeah, yeah, because I don't have oh, enough okay. freelance gigs at the moment to pay my rent. Gotta have that safety. Right. But yeah, it's this weird thing. People go out and collect vinyl and then not even listen to the actual vinyl. They just have me convert it to MP3 form. And I'm always just like, well, why even bother this one? Might as well just download the album. Or you know, but when you when you buy like old school vinyl, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't, I know that they've they still make vinyl print of some. There's some record labels um, that specialize in something I found like maybe five six years ago um, that I got mildly excited about because I'm I'm a bit of a music nerd in a way um, as far as trends and things. Vinyl, there was a resurgence in vinyl maybe five, six years ago. And there are some record labels that were exclusively releasing their music on vinyl only. And the same thing with cassette tapes. Cassette tapes had a resurgence a few years back, and there's still some labels that only produce their music on cassette tapes. And I was like, talk about niche, right? Like stuff yep. like electro pop punk bands you know i think there was like one of them that did hip-hop but but you know it was just like one of the whole field of them that but a lot of them are like even the, the genres they're doing are, are super niche like japanese acid jazz and stuff like that and i was like huh so i think that old classic stuff will always have some sort of resurgence every few years it'll be brought back I think people, as far as the vinyl is concerned, there's the artwork, there's the the writing that's on the jacket of the, of, like my grandparents have vinyl, you know what I mean? And there's like the writing on the jacket of the cover, the liner notes, all that stuff is kind of cool, the feel of vinyl. So I guess I can see why someone would want to, because this whole episode is about collecting. I could definitely see why someone would want to collect the the actual vinyl themselves because you know the photography and the artwork is kind of kind of dope on, on a lot of these projects um is there something to be said about an album cover done right done well speaking of going back to our previous discussion about arcades and collecting how do y'all feel about i'm not sure the names of the companies that are putting these out but how do y'all feel about these at-home arcade machines that are popping up all over like the Ninja, oh the, the, the yeah, the, like they've got the Ninja Turtles, I think, and, a, and Street Fighter, and they're just they're just out there. Like I think you can find them pretty much anywhere. 
right? Toys R Us, not Toys R Us, I'm sorry. Like Target, I went Walmart, to a guy's house that he had, you know, uh, yeah. homemade Walmart. What you guys think about those? I think those are kind of cool. Um, I. I think uh, uh, Joaquin and JD maybe aren't yeah. hearing each other. I've noticed that you guys. No, no. Anyways, um, to this guy. Uh, what, what he was a JD, you were you were saying uh, going to say something. Well, I don't know. It, it, he he bought an arcade, but he gutted it out and he installed the computer and he put in almost every video game that he could into there. Is he talking? Yeah, have you guys? Is that like a thing? Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's super popular. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because you don't need a, a sophisticated computer to run like retro games, um, and and yeah, you just connect it to a computer, I, I, and you you have thousands would, and thousands like of games dope, available. I've actually uh, considered uh, doing that myself. Mortal Kombat, um, body, you know, like the first one or something. I mean, those are probably hard to find. You have to go to a collector, I'm sure. I think. Well, I think one up uh, did uh, released an arcade for for, for yeah, uh, they, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, they did. They, it they has run one, up, two, yeah. and then Ultimate Three. Yeah, and they run about what three hundred dollars. If you if you shop around, you might be able to find it for like two hundred. Uh, and they're smaller; they're uh, three fourths the size, so you could easily fit one of those in your room. Uh, and, and I think it has space for two players. Um, I, I don't have one. I would get one if um, if they released a game that I personally wanted. But um, yeah, they, my they seem it's nice. hard to justify spending three hundred dollars on you know three video games. You know what I mean? You yeah. know, I remember being a kid, and you know, Fox Kids used to have all these contests and stuff, right? And you know, one of them was um it was for the it was specifically tied to the x-men cartoon and if memory serves me right i could be wrong i could have the wrong arcade game in the wrong contest but um i think it was for the x-men arcade game like you could win comics and a bunch of other stuff but the grand prize was that you could win the x-men arcade game and you could have that cabinet with the game in it at your house and I was like, you know, we're living in an age where people are reaching back out to, you know, find out what happened when and why and, you know, sort of the behind the scenes and, and the results of a lot of these contests and popular shows that happened days of yore. So I wonder if there, there's some information out there on the lucky kid that actually won that thing. If you're out, a kid, now that you're our age, wherever you right, are, probably kudos <laughs> to you for winning it. Congrats. Like, <laughs> exactly. Hey, like, what is it like being a dude that won? Actually, matter of fact, if anyone has won anything, like, the Nick, I think Nickelodeon used to have, like, the shopping sprees where you could run around in Toys R Us and, you know, with a and you, as long as you could shove stuff in your your uh, your cart before the time ran out, you got to keep whatever it is that you could smuggle out of the store within a certain time frame. There were tons of stuff like that. So anybody that you know won a contest or was on one of the Nickelodeon sports shows or or live action game shows, like hit us up. 
We'd love to talk to you. Shoot. Yeah. Um, so I actually have a small vinyl collection. I forgot to mention that. I also, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, I have a Neo Geo. Uh, it needs a couple of things repaired, but um, it's so much fun. Like I said, I missed out on it, but it's so much fun when you're, even if you're getting your ass kicked by the computer. Yeah, a relic of a bygone era, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, well, gentlemen, we've been going about an hour and a half here. Uh, I think I think this is a good one. It's a good time to call it call it an episode. How about you? All right. All right. Yep, uh, yep. You guys have anything you, you guys anything you want to add before we wrap this up? I think that collections of all sorts are amazing, and um, people have been collecting since bottle caps and probably even before then. So. You know, it's. I think it's cool that we could touch on this topic, man. It's dope. It's real. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, sir. Any, you, you got a place where people can find you if they want to hit you up about video game collecting? Um, I mean, you could look up my name on social media and hit me up. I'll, I'll, I'll offer you. But be- if you're trying to get rid of your stuff, I'll give you better rates than go. GameStop. Um. Yeah, so just have my name, Gaspar. There you go. Uh, Bernal, if anybody's interested in action figure collecting, I'm on Instagram. It's, it's action figure addiction with underscores between the words. So check me out on Instagram if you want to see my action figure photography and whatnot. This was a fun one. I had a good time, gentlemen. Uh, thanks for chatting with us for a while. Uh, whoever had this idea, it was a good one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chalk it up to the to, to Joaquin or Gaspar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was me. I think it was Joaquin. Oh, great job, Hey man, you were the you were like the right guy to bring in for action figure collecting, bro. Like it was just, it just made sense. It just made sense. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Well, this is the voice out. party. Thank you for listening. We yeah, are yeah. Out. Good night. Good night. Good night.